Do you ever get the impression that the media doesn't take life very seriously? You've probably heard the saying, gotta kiss a few frogs before you find your prince, right? Ladies, you're wearing the wrong bra. Because thousands of cucumbers slid all over the highway. Were there any stars in danger? So you want to get a beer without ever getting off the couch, my friends? We're talking about Twinkies. We're here to take you beyond that bread and circus and serve up news that matters. I'm Holly Kernan. If you've ridden around San Francisco lately, you've probably noticed there's a lot of construction going on. Some of that new development is happening in the southeast part of the city, in Bayview-Hunters Point, where the Lennar Corporation is building new homes on former Navy land. Well, shortly after the Lennar Corporation began leveling off hillsides in the Hunters Point shipyard in April of 2006, Bayview residents noticed dust from the construction drifting over homes and schools. They were concerned because that dust is known to contain fibers of asbestos, a ubiquitous element contained in the rock beneath the Bayview and much of California. The San Francisco Department of Public Health found that Lennar was not complying with city laws to control the dust and state law to monitor the air for asbestos fibers. But now, company officials like Kofi Bonner say Lennar has changed its practices. People who are wondering should rest assured that Lennar and the city are doing everything they can and investing a significant amount of time and resources to ensure that they, their health is indeed not at risk. Still, many residents doubt these claims. And as KALW's Christy Cole reports, the proof for their skepticism can be found in the actions of the city and Lennar. In its redevelopment agreement with Lennar Corporation, San Francisco is the business partner and regulator of the company. That means when it comes to environmental safety, San Francisco works with state agencies to oversee aspects of construction, such as the dust control plan and the monitoring of asbestos. The plan requires Lennar to keep down construction dust, and the corporation must install and maintain air monitoring devices that track the levels of asbestos fibers in the dust. It's a way of keeping the surrounding community safe. Well, that's all well and good on paper, But the reality is a bit messier. When Lennar began digging in April of 2006, the monitors weren't working. And according to city government documents, neither San Francisco nor Lennar were aware of that for the first four months of construction. We did not find out about it till about the third week of August. And that's when Lennar had found, they had found out and they came to us and to the Air District, who's the agency that actually regulates the asbestos issue. Amy Brownell is with the San Francisco Department of Public Health. She says Lennar had discovered an employee for CH2M Hill, its subcontractor on the monitoring, either hadn't installed the batteries correctly or didn't charge them up. It's not something anybody would easily find um, because he was they, he was turning in the samples and the samples were being analyzed, but it turns out that the data was invalid. Any time that the asbestos levels rise above the limit set in the dust control plan, Lennar is supposed to suspend construction for a day. But since the monitors weren't working, Bayview-Hunters Point residents could have been subjected to toxic dust in the air from the time construction began. Brownell says as soon as Lennar found out about the malfunction, workers took action. They fixed the actual monitoring very, very quickly and got it going correctly. But the, the spreading the information to the community, that took longer. Former Lennar Community Benefits Manager Clementine Clark says there's a reason for that. She and her co-worker, Project Manager Gary McIntyre, 
were overseeing construction when they were told of the equipment failure by their supervisor, Paul Miniker. And uh, Gary and I were in a state of shock. Couldn't believe it. And our question is, or was at that time, are you going to tell the community? Well, later on that morning, uh, Mr. Miniker came to my desk and he told me to that we are not to tell anyone about what was shared with us that morning that we were to go on, on a code of silence and that Mr. McIntyre and I were not to relay this information to the community members or anyone. Clark is one of three former Lennar employees who filed a whistleblower lawsuit last year. Gary McIntyre had been warning Lennar's leadership through emails, at meetings, for about eight, nine months that the subcontractor was not adequately watering that dust that was laced with asbestos and God knows what other inorganic carcinogens. And um, the executive leadership uh, took Gary off the project as project manager. They demoted him. Lenar recently settled out of court with Clark and the other ex-employees. Neither side will comment on the terms or charges in the suit. Publicly, Lunar officials have said they gave the community adequate and timely information about the asbestos monitoring problems. Nonetheless, public records show that Lunar violated the dust control plan throughout 2006, with notices of violation from the Department of Public Health in July, August, and December. Brunel of the Department of Public Health says Lunar has changed its behavior. When they first started their work, um, I can honestly say they didn't do a very good job. And that's the one part I do fault Lennar. They didn't do a very good job, and they could have done a better job from the beginning. And they will admit it, that they had problems. So we wrote notices of violation, and they over time they did improve. But many Bayview-Hunters Point residents say dust from the construction continued to drift over the neighborhood throughout the past year, triggering numerous cases of respiratory illness. Without objection, items 29 through 32 are continued one week. Go ahead, sir. Thank you for your patience. Residents like Octavio Salzano and Jesse Tello wanted the city to investigate, and they went before the Board of Supervisors on July 31, 2007, nearly a year after Lennar and the city found out about the monitor's malfunctioning, to make their case. I'm here to tell everyone that due to the construction of the Lennar company that kicks up dirt around my neighborhood, not just myself, but countless other children, teens, and elderly have uh, had symptoms such as asthma, migraine headaches, <clears throat> nosebleeds, and a scary skin irritation. Stop Lennar. Test the people. That's all it takes. What's wrong with that? And I'm talking about pattern and practice, and I'm not even talking about the months where they were doing their initial grading where the monitors weren't working. I'm talking about since the monitors have been on and we think they're working, routine exceedances of what we agreed upon at 16,000 fibers per cubic meter. Supervisor Chris Daly took the resident's side. He called for a work stoppage and brought stats to back their claims. On July 2nd, colleagues, on July 2nd, 51,500 fibers per cubic meter, nine exceedances in total in the past month alone. I think someone is trying to get their construction done before it gets shut down. Despite vocal support from the gallery, Daly's measure was narrowly defeated in a 6-5 to five vote. The work continued. And in August, the Department of Public Health issued yet another notice of violation to Lennar because of its failure to control the dust. Finally, the corporation was forced to shut down all construction for 48 hours. Dust control is pretty straightforward. 
It mostly requires a company to spray water on dirt as it's being moved around the construction site using hoses, water trucks, and other means. At the corner of Earl and LaSalle streets, where the hillside is still being graded, long-arm sprinklers mounted on a chain-link fence dribble water on plants outside the construction site. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. Right here, you have this fence and these bars are supposed to be sprinklers handing out a fine mist to deal with controlling the dust. Raymond Tompkins is a chemistry professor at City College of San Francisco and former resident of Bayview-Hunters Point. He's one of several independent scientists advising the Navy on the cleanup of Hunters Point. He also keeps an eye on the construction, which he's not happy about. As you can see, they're leaking. There is no fine loss, a mist being sprayed. Two of them are bent and broken. For Tompkins and other community members, these malfunctioning sprinklers epitomize the way the city and Lennar have carried out the safety measures for the construction on the cleanest parcel of the shipyard. Yet Lennar is slated to take on land with a much deeper toxic footprint. The city plans to transfer much more of the shipyard for development, areas that have radiological waste and other industrial toxins, residue from the site's military past. These require a much more extensive cleanup. Uh, PCB-laden oil is found on many of the pieces of property. Uh, other toxic elements such as arsenic, mercury, manganese, which had certain Navy uses in the past, are found on these pieces of property as well. Peter Palmer is a professor of chemistry and engineering at San Francisco State University. He is working with Raymond Tompkins on the cleanup oversight. Palmer believes the Navy isn't paying close enough attention to the contents of the landfills on the shipyard, particularly the Superfund site that contains radiological waste. Yes, they have done surface analysis for radio radioactive species, and they have found, for example, every single sampling area on this parcel had radium levels that were over the limit. And this is just on the surface itself. Now, if you start digging down into this, what would you find, considering that this radioactivity from radium is often shielded quite effectively by a few inches of dirt? If you're finding these levels of radium at the surface, I'm really concerned about what could be present in the landfill itself. But they're running out of time to figure this out. San Francisco is in competition with the city of Santa Clara to build a stadium for the San Francisco 49ers. And so the city is putting a premium on getting the cleanup and construction done as quickly as possible. As a result, Raymond Tompkins says he and his colleagues, who all teach full-time, have seen their workloads for review increase tremendously. I mean, we had another document, 11,000, 20,000 pages. You want us to knock out and review? So we're getting jammed that we would then compromise and do a half-hearted effort and all of a sudden this big rush because they want to get to 49 a football stadium. Tompkins says biological agents are being used to break down many of the chemicals in the land, and these processes can't be accelerated. Well, scientifically speaking, no way on earth, unless you're going to cheat the community and put us at greater risk. Lennar Urban President Kofi Bonner has a different perspective. I tell you that what you may find is a as an insurmountable obstacle in terms of the time frame. I find it's absolutely uh, eminently doable in the time frame. Bonner points to his experience as the former director for redevelopment in the city of Emeryville. Bonner says Superfund sites were cleaned up well enough for people to live on them. He believes the concerns over the accelerated cleanup schedule are overblown. Our plans aren't predicated on the whole shipyard being cleared, cleaned in four years. Our plans, very simple. 
27 acres is necessary for the 49ers to begin construction. And we've had a marvelous confluence of political um, uh, support in Washington to ensure that those resources actually come in. And so those resources are coming. And the Navy has said, we can, cr- we can provide 27 acres of the shipyard, parcel D&E, clean, that will be signed off by Regional Water Quality Control Board, EPA, uh, Department of Toxic Substances Control. All those entities will sign off on the ability of the 49ers to begin construction on those 27 acres. The Navy will continue to work to provide the remaining, I think it's about 100 acres or so, for the parking. And that's to be delivered in 2011. Now, they're currently working at this pace. So, yeah, four years from now, I can tell you that I'm pretty confident based on some of the funding uh, uh, we're getting from uh, from the uh, D.C., that, yeah, the 125 acres will be available for the stadium piece. But to get to that 125 acres for the stadium, you have to grade and pave over, among other things, a radiological landfill. They absolutely have to take out the radi- radiological waste, and that's the Navy's on the hook for that. The... Um, the, the notion of placing a large stadium concrete tub, essentially, is a form of capping. A cap would act as a barrier to the waste leaking out and exposing the community. But Peter Palmer and other scientists overseeing the Navy's cleanup say that caps are not good long-term solutions, that cleaning up the site completely would be the safest. Amy Brownell with the San Francisco Department of Public Health says that whatever solution is devised, Federal agencies, as well as the city, will ensure the safety of the residents. You know, we already have, I think, this great enforcement program for Parcel A. There's going to even be a bigger one for the rest of the shipyard. But the effectiveness of that enforcement is subject to debate. Up to now, Brownell has been the only public health staffer who works on the shipyard full-time. An employee of the California Department of Public Health recommended the city hire more people to watch over the construction full-time. But that hasn't happened yet. And with a plan in the works that would increase the redevelopment area by more than 50 percent, that extra staff couldn't come too soon. For KALW News in San Francisco, I'm Christy Cole. You can hear all of our stories and send us your comments and suggestions at KALW.org. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Holly Kernan.